0: All right. Good morning, everybody. Coming to you from a rainy Wednesday morning here in southeastern Pennsylvania. Uh, we're at the beginning of May here. Everybody's getting excited for the warm weather and summertime. I am Mike Courtney, Brokers Director and Executive VP with Mass Mutual Eastern Pennsylvania. I'm joined by Steve Parisi, President and CEO of IBC Global. Steve, how are you doing midweek this
1: week? beginning in May Cinco de Mayo <laughs> thumbs up my friend it was not raining this morning it was overcast so I had a nice run um, got a decent amount of sleep last night so I feel like myself again not all you know dreary I, I feel great you're not you're not overcome with pollen and allergies and uh, you
0: know no not yet I mean Sorry, it's been so here you? but
1: that doesn't impact yeah. me too much yeah so
0: I want to talk to you today about um, you know We've been talking for a while. Tons of changes this year with regards to product. Um, I feel like every day I get multiple notices, whether it's from Mass Mutual Home Office, some kind of competitive development alert, or another carrier about a product change or an underwriting update or a technology change. It's it's constant. Um, yeah. As you know, at the end of this, year, by the end of this year. The mutual companies are going to be updating their whole life products to comply with the IRS section 7702 changes. And we've talked a little bit about um, what that's going to mean and what that's going to look like. Where do you think, I mean, do you have any thoughts for where this is going long term? Um, Like, I had a conversation with someone the other day who, it was kind of a conspiracy theory type conversation that I don't put a lot of weight in, but it was like, this is the beginning of the end for these companies. If they have to reduce their guaranteed crediting rate, this is a slippery slope. These products are gonna start to become less and less desirable, less and less uh, strong performance going forward. I don't buy into that but where do you think this is going in general? Maybe short-term and long-term?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't think that it's the beginning of the end by any means. When you look at the actual product I should say the actual change the 7702 change how it impacts MEC limits which goes back to really pre-MEC laws so in 1984 and then 88 when they implemented that MEC law because too many people were using cash value life insurance as a tax shelter. The law from a overfunding standpoint retracts back to what it used to be. People can put more money into whole life insurance policies now than than they ever could since before I was born. I was born in 1988 as soon as that change went into effect. (laughs) So from that standpoint it makes life insurance very favorable. But to hit on that 1 point because I think that is a lot of agents fears and as a result a lot of consumers fears to say hey I've got a guaranteed rate today at 4% and it's been there since the 1980s and now it's going to fall anywhere between 2 to 3.75% as carriers will have the flexibility to choose what kind of guaranteed rate they want with different whole life products. Here's the big thing that guaranteed rate is not what we're actually earning on a policy. Like when that guaranteed rate goes down the death benefit comes down as well and my net internal rate of return on cash value often goes up. And I know we talked about that before. Because you're paying
0: paying for less death benefit.
1: Correct, correct. So they cut the guaranteed rate but at the same time the insurance expenses were cut to a greater degree which actually gives me a greater net cash value.
0: And do you think, um, I mean, I say this all the time and I know I'm educated and I'm in the more, I can't believe I'm asking you to clarify this, but uh, <laughs> I'm going to say I'm asking you to clarify this for anybody that's listening. Am I, am, I, am I off base in saying that that guaranteed crediting rate as a consumer really only comes into play if there's no dividend declared?
1: That's correct. Yeah, 100%. Because and there will be a dividend declared. I know every company says dividends are not guaranteed they might not happen but when you look at whole life insurance the top carriers in the industry they've paid dividends the top 4 especially for over 150 years they've never missed one and they'll continue to pay they're very smart with their investments their philosophy what they're doing their underwriting so they'll continue to do the same thing. I mean if you go back I think it was before 1980 so in 1980 you would, you, if you look back at the top carriers you'd see the guaranteed rate at 4%. That's when the 4% guarantee came into effect. If you look prior to then so if you go back to 1979 for example you would find with a lot of whole life insurance carriers and products the guaranteed rate was a little bit different. It was 3.5% for the first 20 years and then after year 20 it would drop to 2.5% but the total dividend rate was still 6.5%. So and we can go further back and look at history there but it's really just kind of following a pattern that it has before where the guaranteed rate whether it was 4% since 1980 or if you go back to the 1970s where it was 3.5% before then it was 2.5% like going back to the 1960s whatever it may have been doesn't really matter because when you look at well-designed whole life insurance products with the top carriers they've always paid that dividend and we've seen them perform when they've been designed properly and that's why banks corporations and wealthy individuals continue to shove a ton of cash in there regardless of what that environment was it, it always made sense based on the environment at that point in time that makes and is sense it give,
0: yeah yeah and is it going to give the carriers a little more um, flexibility or a little more breathing room with regards to their underlying investments and their reserve requirements, right?
1: That's that's why the the insurance industry pushed so hard for the change like when that guarantee provision came into play in the 1980s at 4% what it did with repricing of whole life products like if I just if I just put $10,000 into a base premium product and I'm 30 years old That'll get me close to a million dollars in whole life death benefit. Now, with this new change with the guaranteed rate coming down to two to three point seven five percent, if I pay that same ten thousand dollars in a base premium, I might only have six hundred thousand in death benefit or five fifty. So that right there gives the insurance company a ton of breathing room in the sense to say, okay, if someone dies tomorrow, because Unexpectedly people do die even when we underwrite them at ultra-preferred earlier than anticipated. We're on the hook for much much less money from the death benefit payout standpoint. And you'll see that consistent across the board lesser death benefits. So that does loosen up or I should say loosen the vice grips when you look at the reserve requirements death benefits being paid out all that stuff. What do you think
0: any kind of outlook? Um, I know that it's not uh Space that we play in every day, but any kind of outlook on the IUL market over the next over the coming years, because my, you know, I always felt like IUL like conceptually, I I really liked it a lot. I felt like the um, illustrations were really just too complicated and misleading, and um, you know, irresponsible really um, when you get right down to it. But um, I have to imagine that a lot of these IUL companies are going to feel some pain over the next couple of years and they're not just going to, you know, fade into the sunset. I have to, I got to think that they're going to be coming up with new product and designing new product and, and, you know, trying to optimize sales and growth as much as possible. Any, any kind of thoughts around that?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I I agree with you a hundred percent that they'll continue to improve the product to make sure it, it can sustain in any environment. Like the issue with the IUL and this will, hopefully answer your question to a degree. The issue with it is as time passes the risk is shifted from the the insurance company to the policyholder with those increasing expenses. No matter what happens cap rates come down and basically you're relying on the performance of the index if you're you're using the S&P 500 to always outpace the costs and an illustration can paint that picture all day long but reality has not painted that picture it's painted an ugly picture no matter how it's designed max fund option B traditional whatever it might be and that's that's the heart of the issue and I'm just scratching the surface there so companies know that like they've seen what has happened they don't like their, their name being tied to it either so to your point they're going to continue to improve upon the product so you know as time passes hopefully they do improve it and we'll continue to look at it. If we see IULs performing and producing in in reality not just projections then yes we'll definitely start to use them. But until we see that just like whole life carriers until they showed me show me some proof of concept I am not going to recommend them or push them aggressively for our clients because I want the real proof of performance actual data not just illustrations and hoping it comes true that's where buyer's remorse comes in and the product gets beat up after the fact. So yeah yeah. to answer your question long term I don't know (laughs) I mean hopefully uh, they improve upon it but I mean this change definitely evens out the playing field a bit just from whole life and IUL it, it makes whole life even from a projection standpoint much more competitive with iul we're going to see that happen quite a bit
0: yeah couldn't mm-hmm. agree more so uh you know obviously we'll keep talking about this stuff and we'll keep our finger on the pulse uh, you know as we go throughout 2021 uh, we're gradually going to see some of these product changes from certain companies i know mass yeah. Mutuals pegged for um end of november but we've got a change to the 10 pay yeah. it's going to become an early summer that we'll be able to utilize that i'll be Um, you know, I'll be on my soapbox about for for a while on that one. I think we're going to really see a nice, nice burst of of sales in the summertime. Um, any, any, uh, producers or, um, clients out there who are researching or thinking about uh, how to maximize cash value life insurance? Um, this guy, Steve Parisi and his team are fantastic. Anybody out there who, um, is looking to access mass mutual, whether it's life, disability, long-term care, fixed annuities. My name is Mike Courtney. I'm a brokerage director. I can provide access and service and support. And we're typically here once a week, and we'll continue this conversation uh, as we go forward and, and see some of these changes and how they're going to affect everybody.
1: Steve, right. thanks for your time. Likewise. Thanks, Mike. Have Enjoy. a great day.
0: You too. Thanks. Thank you.